London Calling. London Walks Connecting. London Walks here with your daily London fix. Story time, history time. I told this story in print 14 years ago. And yes, I tell it from time to time when I'm out guiding in the area. Anyway, 14 years on, I've got a date and a couple of figures to add to it. The story, at least in part, is the end of Waterloo Bridge. And the date is today, 88 years ago, June 23, 1934. That was the day the demolition of the bridge began in earnest. The death sentence for the beautiful old bridge had been handed down on June 19th. The LCC had approved recommendations for the demolition of the old bridge and the erection of the new one, the one we've got today, at a cost of £47,853. Sounds derisory, but of course, 88 years ago, £48,000 was a lot of money. Those last few days of the bridge, it was almost a deathbed scene. Put me in mind of Emily Dickinson's great poem, I Heard a Fly Buzz When I Died. Yes, here's your poem for June 23rd. Goes like this. The stillness in the room was like the stillness in the air, between the heaves of storm. The eyes around had wrung them dry, and breaths were gathering firm for that last onset, when the king be witnessed in the room. I willed my keepsakes, signed away what portion of me be assignable, and then it was there interposed a fly, with blue, uncertain, stumbling buzz between the light and me. And then the windows failed, and then I could not see to see. Anyway, that deathbed scene provided plenty of photo opportunities for the politicians. On June 20th, the leader of the LCC and the chairman of the Finance Committee ceremonially removed the first stone. It was like switching off the life support system. It was a coping stone from the north end, the strand end of the bridge, weighed nearly a ton. The council leaders, the cameras clicking, operated a hand crane to remove the stone. One image was captioned, The Demolition of Waterloo Bridge. Mr. Herbert Morrison, he was the leader of the LCC, the London County Council, London's government. Mr. Herbert Morrison writes his name on the scroll of history by making the first move in the destruction of a great artistic monument. The photo shows Morrison, a thoughtful cigarette clenched between his lips, taking a hammer and chisel to the bridge. Two days later, it was closed to traffic. And the next day, this day, June 23rd, demolition began in earnest. Now, I don't know if you heard it, but that caption planted a pretty good clue. It described Waterloo Bridge as a great artistic monument. The famous Italian sculptor Antonio Canova described it as the noblest bridge in the world, worth a visit from the remotest corner of the world. It had been designed by John Rennie, the master bridge builder. Rennie was to London bridges what Wren was to London churches. It was built in the years 1811 to 1817. Originally, it was going to be known as the Strand Bridge, but it was officially opened on the second anniversary of the Battle of Waterloo, and, well... 
it was pretty much always on the cards that the name was going to be changed to Waterloo Bridge. Anyway, it has a cameo role in the London Walks book. The first chapter, it's called Temesis, is the cornerstone of the book. It's much the longest chapter. It's a big, sweeping survey of London's history in relation to its mighty river. When I'm guiding, I sometimes make the point that London's history is so rich that guides are almost always seeing in double or treble or quadruple vision. In this instance, when most people look at Waterloo Bridge, they see one bridge. I look at it, I see four bridges. In the passage, I tried to get my readers to see those four bridges. Four bridges in one bridge. In short, see Waterloo Bridge with my eyes. Actually, I lead into that moment in the chapter with a mention of Tower Bridge. It's just a brief moment in a big, long sweep of a chapter, so I'm going to read it. Aside here, I've had people tell me, when I read it, I can hear you guiding. Apparently, I write the way I guide. That's all right by me, if it's all right by my walkers, and indeed my readers. Here are those five short paragraphs. The four bridges that I see when everybody else sees just one goes like this. And the 20th century? Let's talk about a flight path and five bridges. The Thames was the flight path. The Luftwaffe used it as a navigational aid. On a moonlit night, all they had to do was cross the channel. Down below, the moonlit Thames looked like a ribbon of tinfoil, leading them up to target-rich London. Shipping, docks, road bridges, railway bridges, railway stations, power stations, light industry, the seat of government. And the five bridges? Look closely at the piers of Tower Bridge. Near the waterline, you can see big iron rings for attaching anti-U-boat nets. Of no military consequence, of course, but imagine the propaganda triumph of a U-boat surfacing by the Palace of Westminster and gunning down Big Ben in seconds. The other four bridges nest in Waterloo Bridge, like Russian dolls. There's today's bridge, Waterloo Bridge, but Waterloo Bridge is also the ladies' bridge. That was its early sobriquet because the late 1930s and early 1940s workforce that built it was female. Men were in uniform. The third bridge is the one today's Waterloo Bridge replaced. By John Rennie, the master bridge builder, it was the most beautiful bridge in Europe. Lastly, there is the temporary bridge. The Rennie Bridge was so rickety they closed it to traffic while the ladies were a-building. To hold the fort, they erected a temporary bridge, the kind of steel structure that army engineers specialize in. When the ladies' bridge was finished in 1942, the temporary affair was dismantled. Out of sight, out of mind. Well, not quite out of mind. Some people were exercising some forethought. Come June 1944, the Allies' command of the skies was total. Apart from the Ramakan Bridge, the bridges over the Rhine were kaput, and the Ramakan was crippled. Out of its mothballs came the temporary Waterloo Bridge. It was shifted across the channel and overland to the Rhine, where it was re-erected. Across Waterloo Bridge rumbled most of the Allied armor that knifed into Nazi Germany. It was the bridge too near for what was left of the Wehrmacht. So yes, four bridges, seen with a certain amount of awe, because one of them 
was the most beautiful bridge in Europe, and another was the dagger plunged into the heart of Nazi Germany. And a Today in London recommendation has to be a trip to Somerset House, the last of the great palaces lining the north bank of the Thames. St. Petersburg on Thames, I call it. Go to Somerset House to see the Courtauld Gallery, one of the world's great art collections. But before you go into the Courtauld, make your way across the courtyard to the River Terrace. Sip a coffee, look out over the Thames, and look out at Waterloo Bridge. It's right there. You could almost reach out and touch it. Sit there, sip your coffee, and take some satisfaction in seeing four bridges when everybody else is seeing just one. You've been listening to the Today in London History podcast, emanating from www.walks.com, home of London Walks, London's signature walking tour company, London's local, time-honored, fiercely independent, family-owned, just-the-right-size walking tour company. And as long as we're at it, London's multi-award-winning walking tour company. Indeed, London's only award-winning walking tour company. And here's the secret. London Walks is essentially run as a guides cooperative. That's the key to everything. It's the reason we're able to attract and keep the best guides in London. You can get schlubbers to do this for 20 pounds a walk, but you can't get world-class guides, let alone accomplished, distinguished professionals. It's not rocket science. You get what you pay for. And just as surely, you also get what you don't pay for. Back in 1968, when we got started, we quickly came to a fork in the road. We had to answer a blockbuster question. Do we want to make the most money? Or do we want to be the best walking tour company in the world? You want to make the most money, you go the schlubber's route. You want to be the best walking tour company in the world, you do whatever you have to do to attract and keep elite all-star guides. Bears repeating, the way we're structured, a guides cooperative is the key to the whole thing. It's the reason for all those awards. It's the reason we've got a lively, loyal, discerning following. Quality attracts quality. It's the reason we're able uniquely to front our walks with accomplished professionals, barristers, doctors, geologists, museum curators, archaeologists, historians, criminal defense lawyers, Royal Shakespeare Company actors, Guide of the Year award winners. Well, you get the idea. As that travel writer famously put it, if this were a golf tournament, every name on the leaderboard would be a London Walks guide. And as we put it, London Walks guides make the new familiar, and the familiar new. And on that agreeable note, come then, let us go forward together on some great London walks. Good Londoning, one and all. See you tomorrow.